0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this is Raven News. The Coast Guard medevaced a man Sunday night from a cruise ship near Duke Island, around 120 miles southeast of Sitka. Coast Guard headquarters in Juneau received a call around 6.30 p.m. from the Eurodam, a 2,100-passenger Holland America cruise ship, on its way to Juneau. The caller reported a man on the ship was experiencing cardiac problems. A four-person helicopter crew from Air Station Sitka responded. Nate Littlejohn is a public affairs officer with the Coast Guard.
1: The Coast Guard helicopter crew arrived on scene with Eurodam at about 10 p.m. at Dixon Entrance, about 30 miles south of Duke Island. The crew lowered a rescue swimmer and a rescue litter before hoisting the patient to the aircraft.
0: Little John says the crew flew the man north to Ketchikan, where a Guardian flight crew took over, transporting the patient to a hospital in Bellingham, Washington. Weather on scene included 20-mile-per-hour winds and 3-foot seas. You can watch a video of the hoist on our website at kcaw.org. The bycatch of Chinook and Chum salmon is on the agenda as the spring meeting of the North Pacific Management Council gets underway in Sitka this week. In addition to hearing how much salmon is being intercepted in the Gulf of Alaska and Bering Sea by the trawl fisheries, the Council will review a proposal to supplement the Human Observer Program with electronic monitoring. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports.
1: The North Pacific Fisheries Management Council regulates the so-called Federal Fisheries, which take place outside the three-mile limit of Alaska state waters and within the exclusive economic zone of the United States, which extends 200 miles offshore. Strictly by the numbers, that's dozens of different species of bottom fish and crab, and the Council will divide its time over five days among many of them, But the headline issues, as determined by the number of comments the Council has received, are the bycatch of salmon by the trawl fleet in the Bering Sea and in the Gulf of Alaska, and the related issue of electronic monitoring or the installation of cameras aboard trawlers to ensure compliance with existing bycatch reporting methods. Salmon bycatch has come to the forefront in recent years due to steep declines in Chinook stocks in many of Alaska's major river systems and severe cutbacks in opportunities for subsistence, sport, and commercial fisheries in many areas of Alaska. Among the stack of comments on the issue, the Council has received a letter from the Yukon Kuskokwim Delta, Western Interior Alaska, Eastern Interior Alaska, and Seward Peninsula Subsistence Regional Advisory Councils requesting a significant reduction in the Chinook and Chum Salmon bycatch in the Bering Sea commercial fisheries. The groups want to see the bycatch of kings reduced from 45,000 to 16,000 fish And the cap of chum salmon reduced from 500,000 to 250,000. For others, that's not enough. The Sitka Fish and Game Regional Advisory Committee last October took a strong position against halibut bycatch in the Gulf of Alaska. One of the authors of the Sitka letter, Eric Jordan, doesn't mince words in his latest comments regarding salmon bycatch. To me, the issue isn't bycatch, Jordan writes. Trawling is not an acceptable way to harvest fish, and like salmon traps and high-seas salmon traps, it must be prohibited area by area, starting with halibut nurseries and crab savings grounds. Regardless of whether it lowers the cap on salmon bycatch during its Sitka meeting, the Council will consider how to better enforce the existing cap. Since 2020, some trawl vessels have been equipped with electronic monitoring, or EM, The electronic monitoring systems aren't intended for catch accounting or to identify and record every salmon caught in a trawl net. Rather, EM is intended for compliance monitoring when the catch is offloaded at a processor. Comments to the council overwhelmingly support adopting EM, but for two. One, a fisheries observer argued that EM greatly increased the workload for herself and colleagues who sampled fish at processors. A second commenter said simply, Don't put 100% cameras on our trawlers. It will be game over for the trawl fleet. The Council shouldn't bow to a group of whiners that are too lazy to move to better fishing. The North Pacific Fisheries Management Council meets in Sitka through June 14th. Links to follow the meeting on Zoom or YouTube can be found on the Council's website. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
0: Celebration, the every-other-year gathering of Indigenous people in Southeast Alaska, kicks off today in Juneau. Through Saturday, Clinkett, Haida, and Simshian people will participate in dances, arts markets, cultural demonstrations, and the ever-popular Toddler Regalia Review. This year's theme is celebrating 10,000 years of cultural survival. Sea Alaska Heritage Institute President Rosita Worrell says the theme recognizes the many environmental, colonial, and more recently, pandemic-related challenges their people have overcome. We
1: knew that we were going to survive that and uh, I, I know our people suffered uh, highly from it, but we still had the strong belief that we were going to survive, and sure enough, here we are, you know, 10,000
0: and one year later, and we're
1: still here, and, and prospering.
0: Indigenous people were disproportionately affected by COVID-19 in Alaska, accounting for nearly a third of the deaths from the virus. That included many elders and some of the last remaining native speakers for several languages. Hune Lance Twitchell says more action is needed at the state level to help preserve native languages.
1: There's probably 19 languages that are still going right now. And I think in about 10 years, it'll be down to maybe 10 unless we do something.
0: Official events begin with the dedication of SHI's new arts campus. Worrell says the facility will host classes aimed at preserving cultural practices and serve as the capital of Northwest Coast Arts. We've already has basket training classes there. Uh, We've had Tana training classes
1: there. We've also had the uh, big box drum training. So it's not even formally open, but our people are so anxious to use it that they've run in there and push things aside. And we've already had these three classes and that's just the beginning.
0: A new 360-degree totem pole will also be unveiled Wednesday. Worrell says it's the first of its kind in Alaska and represents the cultural values of the three main Alaska Native groups of southeast Alaska. A group of researchers is hoping that data collected from the Gulf of Alaska's seafloor will shed new light on the environmental effects of bottom trawling. KMXT's Kristen Dobroth reports.
2: Scientists from the conservation group Oceana spent eight days aboard a research vessel, circumnavigating the Kodiak archipelago late last month. John Warrenchuk is a senior scientist and fisheries campaign manager with Oceana.
1: The Gulf of Alaska is a very special place and a very productive ecosystem. Our timing of our survey here in the spring means we saw just the, the abundance of life from the phytoplankton to the fish to the birds feeding at the surface,
2: the focus of the trip, though, was documenting life at the very bottom of the sea to better understand the impacts of commercial bottom trawling, according to Warren He says the group sent cameras and remotely operated vehicles down to depths more than 1,000 feet deep at some sites and photographed areas of the seafloor that had never been seen before.
1: We chose sites to explore that were both open and closed to bottom trawling. And we did see differences between those types of sites
2: warren Chuck says researchers documented coral gardens and groves of sea whips, but the group also saw evidence of heavy damage to the ocean floor, including areas of crushed coral where trawling is permitted. warren Chuck says they don't know what those areas of the seafloor look like before trawlers arrived, but they're planning to submit their observations to the North Pacific Fisheries Management Council and the National Marine Fisheries Service. They're in the midst of an essential fish habitat management review process for the area. And Warren Chuck hopes the photos and videos from the water off Kodiak will help make the case to keep trawlers out of some areas of the ocean.
1: So much of the ocean has, has remained unexplored that any, any information we gather on seafloor habitat characterization, locations of sensitive habitats, that'll only um, help us make better fishery management decisions moving forward.
2: The Essential Fish Habitat Summary Report is slated to come out in October of this year. In Kodiak, I'm Kirsten Dobrath.
0: Wrangell's Trident Seafood plant will stay closed for the third year in a row. The plant hasn't opened since 2019, citing poor chum salmon runs in southeast Alaska. In 2020, Wrangell highlighted the shutdown of Trident's plant as a part of an economic disaster declaration, stating the closure had contributed to a 27% drop in seafood processing jobs in the community. Wrangell officials say Trident has expressed a desire to reopen the plant at some point in the future, possibly as soon as next year, but Trident has not yet responded to emails and calls from KSTK asking for comment. That leaves one fish processor operating on Wrangell Island, Sea Level, owned by Oregon-based Pacific Seafood. Sea Level's season runs from mid-March through the end of October. The plant processes halibut, black cod, and rockfish in the early season, when it transitions mostly to crab and salmon. A report, from the Alaska Department of Fish and Game released earlier this spring, showed last year's chum salmon harvest in southeast Alaska was around 7.4 million fish, mostly attributable to hatchery production. Looking at this year, a preliminary forecast from Douglas Island Pink and Chum, or DPAC, a hatchery outside of Juneau, predicts a northern, southeast chum return of between 1 and 3 million fish. That's higher than recent years, but around a million fish lower than the historical average. In southern southeast, the Southern Southeast Regional Aquaculture Association, or SURA, is also predicting a return of around 2 million chum salmon this summer. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.